0: Do you remember normal? Normal was deciding between a booth or a table. But now, normal looks new. New ways to spend our time. New ways we interact with each other. New ways we experience God. Normal changed. Will you? What is going on students? It's so good uh, to see all of you tonight. Uh, It's so good to see all of you that are here in person. And I'm so glad all of you that are joining us through Instagram. It's so, so good to be able to have you with us in this way. Tonight we are wrapping up our series that we've been in for the whole month of August called Life in Limbo. And throughout this whole series, We we've really been looking at uh, how do we handle change. Like we have acknowledged the fact that the time that we are living in right now, for the past you know almost six months, has been difficult, and it's been difficult in a lot of ways, and it's been difficult in different ways for everybody. Uh, But so we've been exploring how do we handle change, how do we find hope in hard times, and so we we simply the first week we looked at. How do we handle change? When we looked up the looked at the need for us to give over our control of our lives to God and the importance of that and how that enables us to be able to handle change and different circumstances in our lives. And then the next week we looked at the importance of Christian community and we looked at why our community, the people that we have around us in our lives, they need to be rooted in Christ. And we looked at how the community in Christ enables us to handle change, what we talked about the first week. Because if you don't have people in your life who will encourage you and encourage you to give up control to God, who will encourage you through the hard times and point you back to the promises of God, it's going to be really hard for you to handle change and have a, a focus through change that is focused and centered on the promises of God. And so this week, we're going to talk about uh, how we can find direction for the future you know right now i think that is a question we are all asking ourselves is how do we find direction going forward from covid 19 like what's next what 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 do we do now like we're in this season so what do we do where are we going and very simply i will tell you the answer to this and we'll talk about it more in depth later but ultimately if we are going to find direction we have to seek god It's as simple as that. If we want to find direction, clear direction, meaningful, purposeful direction in our lives, we have to seek God. But before we can position ourselves to seek God, I think there are a couple of things that we have to do and we have to be willing to do. And so I want to walk through the things that we need to do in order to position ourselves to seek God. And and the first thing I think that we, we absolutely must do is we have to put things into context. You may ask, what is context? And context is simply the setting that surrounds a circumstance by which things can be interpreted, right? So it, it's the, the setting around a circumstance in which we can infer, we can imply the meaning of what is going on. We can understand what is going on. And a lot of times, I don't think we seek God in times of change, in times of suffering, in times of uncertainty. Because we've taken things out of context. We've taken several things out of context. And when we take those things out of context, we position ourselves in a way that we're not going to want. A, we're not going to want to seek God, but also B, we're just not going to. And so I I think there are several things that we have to, as individuals, and frankly, like as a society, we need to put back into context. And so what are those things? What are the things that we need to put back into context? And I'm going to argue that we need to put our faith, our lives, and we need to put the promises of God back into context. You know, I think in a lot of ways we have... As people, as Christians developed in some cases, this idea of a fairy tale faith. Where a lot of us, we may believe in God, but we have this sense of a fairy tale faith. Let me put it this way when we look at most fairy tales, right? It, it, like, take a Disney princess movie, for example. If you take a Disney princess movie, I, Really, I don't care what Disney movie you look at, they all follow the same storyline. It's just the characters and the the minor details change to make it unique. But the overall storyline, and this is me arguing, is uh, the exact same no matter where you look at it. And the storyline, for the most part, goes goes something like this, right? Let's take Cinderella, for example, okay? Everyone has seen Cinderella. Like, you've got Cinderella, and she is living uh, with her family, and and she is, in a lot of ways, put down by uh, her stepsisters, and and I believe it's her stepmother. Please don't email me. (laughs) Please don't call me. Text me if I'm wrong on this. But, you know, she's put down, and she's not really seen as an equal in the household. So she's got this hardship, right? So... She has hardship and then comes the fairy godmother and then comes the, the pumpkin that turns into a carriage and she meets Prince Charming. So she has the solution to her hardship. And then after she receives that solution to her hardship, she proceeds to live this, this abundant life of, of ease and of great joy. And so in a lot of ways, I think we have adopted this fairy tale faith that follows the, the same exact uh, obstacle overcoming uh, narrative that we see in fairy tales. And I think when it comes to our faith, some people, you know, and maybe it's not even limited to some people. Maybe it's all people. Like we, we all have hardships in our life, right? We all struggle. We, we all go through different situations that are difficult for us sometimes we walk through those obstacles, right? And you find the solution. And for, for, for us, that's the solution that we see to our obstacles is faith in Christ. But what we do with that solution makes or breaks the whole narrative, okay? Because a lot of times we are really prone to view the solution of our faith in Christ as the answer to overcoming every obstacle in our life. And when we find faith in Christ, we now all of a sudden just expect that we're going to live this life of abundance, this life of ease. And it's just not the case. That's just not what God promises us. In fact, Jesus uh, promises us very clearly that it's gonna be hard. You see, Faith doesn't allow you to overcome earthly obstacles. It allows you to overcome obstacles eternally. Now, hear me when I say this. Faith will help you overcome earthly obstacles. But it's not just a one stop shop. You have faith and you overcome everything. Sometimes you gotta walk through them. Sometimes you gotta walk through the struggles. You don't just overcome the obstacles of life and never have to deal with them again. But for so many of us, we think that faith is just the solution to where we overcome the obstacles of life once and for all. Faith will help you overcome the individual obstacles and help you get through them. But it doesn't help you overcome obstacles from the overall general sense of you'll never have obstacles in your life again. And so many times we we use our faith as... That type of a solution. And and like I said, Jesus is very clear about the obstacles that we will face in our earthly lives. If you have your Bible with you, I I want you to flip to Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. And and this is going to be up on the screen for you too if you don't have your your Bible with you. I just want us to read this. Okay, Here's, Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 5, 11 through 12. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And so Jesus here is talking about, hey, you're going to experience these different obstacles these different struggles in your life and ultimately endure these because the reward that you will receive is in heaven and it's so much greater than anything you could ever experience here on earth your reward awaits you in heaven and so while faith helps us overcome individual obstacles it doesn't mean that we'll never face obstacles and struggles in our life. But our faith does mean that we will overcome obstacles once and for all eternally as we are in heaven with Christ. And so as long as we take faith out of context, we will never seek God because we will be too busy blaming God. You see, when we adapt this fairy tale faith, Right? We think that our faith is going to be the answer of all of our problems, and when it's not, we blame God. And who wants to seek guidance and direction from someone that they think is responsible for the struggles in their life? I think this quote-unquote tale faith also applies to us as, as individuals. Right? So if we go back to the Disney movie example, right? when you think of a Disney movie, if I asked you who you want to be, who would you say you you probably are going to say a star of a movie right not a supporting actor not the villain most people would say oh i want to be the star i want to be cinderella i want to be simba right no one wants to be scar you want to be simba right or woody right no one wants to be sid the kid and no one wants to be the little green army man no people want to be woody And there's another point that I think we can make off of the Toy Story example too here in just a minute. You see, nobody wants to be the supporting character. Everyone wants to be the star. But there's a problem with that. There can only be one star. There can only be one star of the show. And it's not you. You are not the star. Jesus is. And as long as we view ourselves as the star, we won't seek God. Think about the movies that you see. Who is the one that people ask for direction? It's the star. When when people need answers, they go to the star. They don't go to the villain. They don't go to the the minor supporting actors. Okay, so, so let's understand this. Jesus is the star Satan is the villain and you are a supporting actor now I think if we go with this and understanding hey Jesus is a star of the show and there's also a villain and that villain is Satan and he's trying to ruin the peace in your life but when we understand that Jesus is a star and we are a supporting actor we have a choice there right so so think of Toy Story, right? Woody is the star of the show. But if you were to ask someone who the star of the show is, of Toy Story, people would probably also say Buzz. and say, oh, Woody and Buzz are the stars. Well, really, Toy Story, the main star is Woody. Buzz is a supporting actor. He's a supporting character but here's the thing you have a choice of how big of a supporting character you will be and how close of a relationship you will have with the star you can either be buzz and be fully involved and have a a close relationship with the star or you can be like wheezy who's tucked away up on the shelf Alive, but unnoticed. So you have a choice here. You're supporting character. But how involved are you going to be in the story? How involved are you going to be? How close are you going to be with Jesus? How involved are you going to be in the story, in the narrative of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost? To those who need salvation. How involved are you going to be? Are you going to be heavily involved and super close? Or are you going to be someone who is tucked away on the shelf? So the, the, the choice is yours. And finally, I, I think when we look at the things that we need to put back into context, we have to understand that we need to put the promises of God back into context. See, God never promised an easy life. He promised eternal life. And we see that in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that those who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting eternal life. He doesn't say they will have easy life, that those who believe in him shall not perish but have an easy life. No, he doesn't say that. He says everlasting. He says eternal life. He doesn't promise money. He doesn't promise wealth. And he doesn't promise social status. He promises strength in Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He promises that he will be with you in Joshua 1, 9. He promises to provide in Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 33, and chapter 7, 9 through 11. He promises peace in Psalm 29, 11, and in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. But if we don't understand his promises, we won't seek him. If we don't see God as someone who is with us, someone who provides for us, provides for our needs, and there's a difference between what you need and what you want. If we don't see someone See, God is someone who gives us the strength when we can't find it. Gives us peace in the midst of chaos. We're not going to seek him for direction. Why would we? If we see him as the opposite of those things, we'd be foolish. You would be foolish to go seek direction from someone who doesn't do those things, who does the opposite of those things. And so we have to understand the promises of God and put them back into context and understand what it really is that he promised. Because it's only after we understand those things and put them back into context that we position ourselves to be able to seek direction from God. The next thing that I think we have to do in order to position ourselves in a place to seek direction from God is this. We have to be content and we have to be present. Too often, I find myself saying and I hear other people saying, if only And we got to stop saying that. We have to stop saying, if only, followed by whatever it is. When we say those words, we signal two things. We signal that we are not content with where we are at, and we are not present where we are at. Let me tell you something. Be content and be present where you are, because God will use you. We are all in the middle of COVID-19. You can't deny it. I can't deny it. That's where we are, which means God has put us here. God has allowed us to be here in this moment. And I believe that because God has allowed us to be here, that he has a plan for us right here and right now. But if we are too busy looking ahead and saying, if only COVID-19 wasn't a thing. Man, if only COVID-19 didn't exist, I could do this or I could do that or I could have this or I could have that. We completely miss the opportunity that's right in front of us because we're not content and we're not present because we're too busy looking ahead to what we desire or what we hope to have or what we hope to do. Stop saying, if only be content and be present where you are because God will use you I want to read to you some some parts of Hebrews chapter 11. We're essentially going to go through the whole chapter, but uh, I've picked out parts of each verse that I want to read to you. If you don't know, Hebrews chapter 11 is what many people call the hall of faith. It's all about the faith that people had in God. And so I want to read this to you. And I think we're going to see something real interesting come out of this. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. It was by faith even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. And it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. You see, it was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. And it was by faith that Jacob when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. And it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. And it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. And it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. Man, what a powerful testimony to the amazing faith that people had in God and the blessings that they received because of their faith and it would be amazing if that's where Hebrews 11 stopped but it doesn't Hebrews chapter 11 doesn't stop there it keeps going and it completely shifts direction 180 degrees listen to what the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 says but others were tortured refusing to turn from God in order to be set free they placed their hope and a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. So Hebrews 11 talks, yes, it talks about the blessings people receive because of the faith that they had in God. But it also talks about the faith people had through incredible suffering. And it talks about how even though they had faith, they were still oppressed. They didn't have clothes to wear. They were killed, mistreated, put in prison. They didn't have a place to call home. They were living in holes in the ground. So I, I think what Hebrews 11 shows us is that We have to be willing to have faith in the victories and in the valleys. You have to be willing to have faith in the victories and in the valleys. It's easy to have faith in the victories. When everything's going great, you're you're experiencing great blessings in your life. But it is so hard to have faith in the valleys. In suffering, in uncertainty, in hardship. And we will only have faith in the valleys if we stop saying, if only I had the victory. You will only have faith in the valleys if you stop dreaming about the victories. You will only have faith in the valleys if you are content with where you're at. And if you're present where you're at. And if you're willing to let God use you where you're at. So finally, how, how do we find direction? What's next? How, how do we figure out what's next? You seek direction from God. You seek direction from God. I, I, I said this back at the beginning. And it's it, it's that simple. But it can be really hard. So how do we do that? How do we seek direction from God? The first way we do it is we surround ourselves consistently with God. Surround yourself consistently with God. Pray, read scripture, worship. Allow God to influence you from every single direction, in every single moment, in every single area of your life. And and this goes back to when we were talking about Christian community. This goes back to the friends that you have and the music that you listen to. You cannot receive direction from God if you are influenced by the world. Think of, uh, you know, putting on armor. If you were going to go into battle, you wouldn't just wear armor on the front of your body. No, that would be dumb. That would be crazy, because what happens if you get stabbed in the side or hit from the back? You're not protected. You have to surround yourselves fully. And you can't just surround yourself part of the time and not others. You have to consistently surround yourself because you don't know when you're going to need that armor. And so the same is true with us. We have to surround ourselves fully and consistently with God. You know, I think back uh, to when I was in college and I was part of a fraternity and, and I saw this evident in, in my life really well, you know, uh, In that fraternity, man, you know, just uh, uh, an easy thing for me to think about here is just cussing. Just in college, not just in the fraternity, but in college in general. And and you know what? It's really common amongst students right now. It's just common amongst people really right now. But I had a problem with cussing because I was surrounded by people who cussed. And you know what? You, You pick up what you're around. You just do. And I had this really bad habit of every time I'd come down to Destin and intern, I'd flip that switch. And I wouldn't cuss down here. I was surrounded by godly people down here, and I wasn't cussing. And I was surrounded by godly people in college, but not fully surrounded by godly people. And so I noticed that cussing, every time i go back to Auburn, would infiltrate me again. It wasn't until I came down to Destin full time and was fully and consistently surrounded by godly people that I notice my cussing problem is gone. It's gone. Now, am I perfect? No. I still make mistakes, absolutely. I still slip up and say things that I shouldn't. I'll acknowledge that. But largely, the problem is gone. You have to receive direction from God in every direction. You have to consistently and fully surround yourself with God in every aspect of your life. For you, that may be hard. You may have to make some pretty big changes to do that. But if you want direction from God, you're going to have to do that. You have to do that. Ask yourself, what's important? What's important to me? The next thing is, you have to seek what God has for you. Just ask you a question. Have you asked him to show you the direction he has for you? Like honestly, genuinely, without expecting him to show you the direction you want to go. Look around you. How can he use you? Who can he use you to speak life to? You're sitting around people right now in your small groups. How can he use you to minister, to speak life to the people sitting right next to you right now in the schools? Now, how can He use you to speak life and share the gospel to the people around you? God will use you right where you're at in every area of your life, in every moment of your life. But again, you also have to be willing to sacrifice your desired direction. You have to be willing to go God's direction instead of your own direction. If God's pulling you to the right, you can't say, I want to go left. And still receive God's direction. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to be willing. To say, you know what? Yeah, I, I do want to go my direction. It seems good to me. But I feel you pulling me a different direction. And so I trust you. I give you control of my life. And trust that you have a good plan for me. And I'll go your direction, God. Instead of going my own direction. So, what's next? That's the question. What's next? What is the direction that we are supposed to go from here? And honestly, this may not be the answer you want to hear, but that's a question you need, and that's a question you have to ask God about. You need to ask God about that, and you have to ask God about that. Ask Him for direction. And be willing to go where he leads you. I know the direction that God wants to take me. But I don't know the direction God wants to take you. I can, I can help you process that. I can help you ask God. But God will tell you what his direction is for you. Remember the promises of God in context. And trust that he's a good God. And that he is a good God that has good intentions for his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time that we can be together. Lord, right now, many of us are asking the question of, what direction are we supposed to go from here? What's next? What, what do we do? And we are longing to have direction in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us find the direction that you want us to go. Lord, help us to remember your promises and remember that you are a good God with good intentions for us with good plans and good promises for us. Help us to seek you and to seek what you have for us right now. Not just what you have for us in the future, but what you have for us right now. Help us, Lord. Help these students to be content and present where they're at, to see the opportunities that you've given them around them each and every day, every second, every minute, to share the gospel with others. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us to follow you. Help us to seek and follow your direction instead of our own. Lord, I love these students. And I thank you for the overwhelming love that you have for each and every one of them. And Lord, as they prepare to go into the school year next week, Lord, I pray that you just give them peace. I know it's a crazy time to be going back to school. So just give them peace and give them direction. Calm their nerves, and help them as they go through each and every day. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for all that you do for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. This is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing his blessings each and every day. God bless you and thank you for listening.